Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You're listening to Comedy Central. Coming to you from New York City, the only city in America, it's The Daily Show. Tonight, reloading the Gundabate, crazy athletic Asians, and Kellyanne Conway. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. We have got a jam-packed show for you today. We're going to be talking about what America's plan is to stop these mass shootings. Ronnie Chang is celebrating Asian American and Pacific Islander Month. And our guest tonight is former advisor to President Donald Trump, Kellyanne Conway. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. So, let's do this, people. Let's jump straight into today's big headlines. There's no denying that there is a lot going on in the world right now. For instance, Russia is still invading Ukraine, and in response, the European Union has just announced that they will be banning almost all Russian oil imports, which, is, if successful, is basically gonna turn Russia's currency into the TikTok crying filter all the time. <laughs> and if this wasn't enough for Europe to be dealing with, there's also a growing outbreak of monkeypox. Yes, a disease that's killing off everyone's NFTs, so please. <laughs> Everyone, vaccinate your monkey, remember. <laughs> and by the way, they're actually saying that it's being spread mostly through sex. Yeah. So at least now, when you show up to the doctor with monkeypox, your doctor can be like, my man. <laughs> oh, and on top of all of that, someone threw a cake at the Mona Lisa. Yes. <laughs> Which apparently was to protest climate change. Yeah, it sounded weird, but uh, apparently most people don't know this about the Mona Lisa, but if you widen out on that picture of her, she's actually driving a Hummer, not cool. <laughs> That's where the picture's from. So yeah, there's so much happening. So much happening in the world. But America can't focus on any of that stuff. Because once again, America is reeling from mass shootings. All the way from Buffalo, New York, to Uvalde, Texas. 
people are asking, how long can this keep going on? And here's the good news. In response, a major bill has been announced which would ban the new sales of handguns and allow the government to forcefully buy back assault rifles in Canada. <laughs> yeah, this is completely real. Canada saw what happened here, and they're shutting down guns there. Yeah, at this point, America's basically a scared straight program that gets other countries on the right path. Yeah, it's like, you ever smell someone so bad, you know, that you decide that you need to take a shower? <laughs> That's what America is with gun laws now to other countries. They're like, we need to do something about guns. And while most Americans, liberals and conservatives, are open to common sense restrictions on guns to keep Americans safe, there is still a small yet powerful group of gun <laughs> who believe the problem with gun violence is not because of guns. No, it's because of everything else. Part of the problem is how this generation of kids exists mostly online. They see actual violence as it's portrayed in the movies they watch, the music they listen to, and the games, the video games they play. When I played war growing up, my friends, the boys were allowed to be boys. I said to my friend Andy, bang, you're dead. But the difference is we knew it was fake. And Andy got up afterwards. And we went and jumped in the fire hydrant or whoever had a pool. What? <laughs> First of all, why do I feel like Andy's fake? And second of all, <laughs> what is this loser talking about? Kids know that games are fake, my man. No one is turning off Grand Theft Auto like, shit, I just ran over 80 pedestrians. Should I get a lawyer? Oh my God, I'm too young for jail. What am I gonna do? <laughs> the argument that American music and video games causes gun violence totally falls apart when you realize the entire world listens to American music and plays American video games. Yeah, but they have nowhere the same level of America's mass shootings. And don't get it twisted, it's the same music. It's not like in Sweden, there, Snoop Dogg is like, rat tat 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 and I never hesitate to put a hat on a cat. <laughs> it's the same music. Why are they not getting the same results? And please, 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 gun, gun fanatics, they, 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 they don't just want to ban video games and music. No, 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 it's going further. They also want to replace those things with what they say are some lost values. The only solution is Christ Jesus and being able to get some type of spirituality and prayer back into our schools. Right now, today, we live in a country where our millennials' participation rate for churches uh, is under 30% in a lot of locations. This is the lowest church participation we've ever had as a nation. Uh, and so uh, it just shows you why you see so much chaos in our streets. Yeah, I mean, that, that could be one solution. We need to bring Jesus into our schools. I mean, I don't know how Jesus would feel about that. Yeah, because if I was Jesus, I'd be like, yo, forget that. Look at what you guys did to me with nails. I'm not coming back when there's guns. I've got AR-15, shit, I learned my lesson. But again, if you think gun violence in America is high because people aren't going to church, then why don't they have the same gun violence in Europe? Because there, nobody goes to church. It's like a thing that's done now. If you go to church in Germany, you'll be the only one there. Even the preacher will be like, ah! Oh, jeez, you scared the shit out of me. Nobody comes in here anymore. I even forgot there was a door. Oh, oh, oh my God, that was crazy. Oh. The point is, gun lovers have been blaming the same causes over and over again for decades. Although this time, to their credit, they've come up with a new thing to blame. It's not the guns, it's the books. We stopped teaching values in so many of our schools. Now, now we're teaching wokeness. We're, we're indoctrinating our children with things like CRT. Yeah, that's right. That's how evil critical race theory is. 
It's only been around for like a year, and it's already caused three decades of school shootings. <laughs> it's really tough. It goes back in time. It's so powerful. <laughs> Look, man, I know you guys want to blame anything but guns, but it still has to make sense. Can we agree on that? Right? You can't just blame stuff that you are already mad at. These guys are like, maybe there wouldn't be so many, uh, you know, violent shootings in schools if my wife would stop flirting with the landscaper. I mean, <laughs> is it just me? They're making it sound like there used to be a lesson that was about the importance of not shooting people, but they never got to it because they spent too long on teaching slavery. This doesn't make any sense. And if it's not religion, and if it's not video games, and it's not the music, what else could it be? Well, according to some gun lovers, maybe it was the school's fault. One of the things that, that, that everyone agreed is don't have all of these unlocked back doors. Have one door into and out of the school. I would like to see this a national push toward, instead of parents buying their kids all these tools and toys and games, invest in the classroom to make it safer. They have blankets that you can put up on the wall that are colorful and beautiful, but they're ballistic blankets. We need to install man traps, a series of interlocking doors at the school entrance that are triggered by a tripwire. The tripwire can be a gunshot, broken glass, a manual switch tossed by a school employee, and it traps the shooter like a rat. Are these people hearing themselves? <laughs> you think kids can't tell fantasy from reality, but your suggestion is like, how about we make a school with steel doors that slam and windows that turn into concrete, or even better, the whole school becomes a transformer. Yeah, <laughs> so that way when the school shooter comes, the whole school can run away from it. <laughs> Not to mention, have you guys ever been in a school, huh? You realize the fire alarm gets pulled as a prank like once a week. You think the jocks aren't gonna be constantly tossing nerds into the man trap? <laughs> Do you listen to yourselves? And even if those ideas don't work, even if they don't, there's one solution that conservatives love to come back to time and time again. And over the weekend, it was proposed yet again by none other than Donald Jarhead Trump. What we need now is a top-to-bottom security overhaul at schools all across our country. And above all, from this day forward, every school in America should have a police officer or an armed resource officer on duty at all times. Yeah, yeah. You know, you always hear people saying this after a school shooting. What we need is armed police officers in the school. What's amazing about the debate this time is that they're still saying it, even though in the shooting that just happened, there was an armed police officer and it didn't help. Yeah, classic Trump proposing a solution after it already failed. <laughs> I mean, he would have been a lot of fun in the lifeboats after the Titanic. Next time, we should just ram that iceberg really hard. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? What do you think, Jack? What do you think? And as we've all heard by now, there wasn't just an armed resource officer on the scene. There was a whole platoon of police officers who responded to the shooting, but didn't do shit to stop it while it was still going on. Yeah, and I'm willing to guess it's because they were also shit scared of a gunman armed with an AR-15. I feel like that's what we have to ask ourselves. As a society, do we want to live in a world where anyone can legally buy weapons that the police are scared of? Huh? And just by the way, just by the way, for me, it's been amazing 
to see how some people love guns so much that they've gone from blue lives matter to screw these bitch ass cops. If they're not here to get shot, then what's the point of having them around? F the police. <laughs> oh, now you don't care about the cops lives? Like, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I would rather say get rid of the AR-15s and make these officers jobs a lot more safe. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> it's wild how people flip. You just flip whenever you feel like it. It's also crazy how the cops, they didn't do anything, right? They shoot people because they think they have a gun. And then now they're like, they know it's a gun. They're like, well, we can't shoot them. <laughs> if it's a wallet, maybe, but I mean. <laughs> so look, I know that America is never going to do what Canada is doing. I don't even expect that, right? There's a gun culture in this country that is far too ingrained to ever truly get rid of it. And I also know that we're not gonna stop gun violence altogether. I'm not naive. But I would hope, I would just hope that after a tragedy like this, Americans could agree that losing some of these is worth it to prevent losing more of these. Don't go away, because after the break, Ronnie Chang is celebrating AAPI Month and Kellyanne Conway will be joining us on the show. We'll be right back. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Daily Show. Throughout the month of May, people have been celebrating Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And tonight, for the last day of May, Ronnie Chang decided to school us the way only he can. That's right, people. We've got our own month. And in honor of AAPI Month, I'm going to teach you about the most underrepresented demographic of all time. Asian Americans in sports. And I don't just mean the heavy hitters, like Jeremy Lin, Michelle Kwan, Tiger Woods. Yeah, we're claiming him. You got a problem with that? Take it up with the UN. Instead, I want to focus on the underdogs who blaze the trail for all the other Asian American athletes to come. 
people like Wally Yonamine, the Japanese American who played not one but two professional sports. And unlike Michael Jordan, he didn't suck at one of them. Also, he never became a crying meme. Why are you sad? You're Michael Jordan. First, in 1947, Yonamine became a running back for the San Francisco 49ers. But in the wake of World War II, he faced a ton of discrimination, even while he was playing. When he would get tackled, the opposing team would punch and kick him. Do you realize how insane that is? I mean, it's football. Everyone's going home with brain damage already. You don't need to force it. After a wrist injury in 1951, Yonamine decided to switch to baseball. He moved to Japan to play for the Yomeyuri Giants, where he was an 11-time All-Star and became the first American player ever to be inducted into the Japanese Baseball Hall of Fame. Crazy thing is, Yonamine faced racism in Japan too, but this time because he was American. At games, the fans would chant, Yankee, go home! which is normally something you expect to hear only at Red Sox games or honestly any place in Boston that serves alcohol. But enough about baseball, let's talk about something people actually watch. The Olympics. In 1948, Victoria Manalo Dres became the first AAPI Olympic champion. But being Filipino, she also faced a lot of discrimination. In fact, when she was younger and she used a public pool, the town assholes would drain the water after she swam in it. Which isn't just racist, it's idiotic. You're gonna double your water bill just because you're afraid of catching being Asian? You can't even get that from a pool. You have to share the same straw, dumbasses. But against the odds, Manalo won her gold medal in the women's three-meter springboard. And she was cheered on by diver Sammy Lee, the first Asian-American man to win an Olympic gold medal. That's right, the first two AAPI gold medals at the same games. It was like Asian Christmas. Which is just Christmas. But not every Asian who broke the color barrier had a happy ending. In 1948, Larry Kwong became the first non-white player in the NHL when he joined the New York Rangers. But they only put him on ice for a minute, and he never played in another game again. Which sucks, but breaking the color barrier is like losing your virginity. Even if you only did it for a second, it still counts. Another great first happened in 1927 when Walter R. Chu became the first person of East Asian descent to play in the NFL. Because his last name was Archu, he earned the nickname Sneeze. Sadly, this was before athlete sponsorships were a thing. So he couldn't even get that sweet, sweet Kleenex money. Eventually, he retired from the NFL to compete in a safer sport, wrestling. Proving that Asians can roll around with our balls in someone's face just like everyone else. But let's move on to my personal favorite sport, basketball. The first non-white player of any race in NBA history was Japanese-American Wataru Misaka. In 1947, he was the first draft pick of the New York Knicks, and they even promoted his skills to sell tickets. But shocker, he faced a lot of anti-Japanese sentiment, and only ended up playing three games. It was so bad, he decided to go back to school to get his engineering degree. Which I respect. He was basically like, Oh, you don't like me being Asian? Well, I'm gonna be extra Asian now, bitches! But sports isn't just about the athletes. There's so many other people who've made history without destroying their joints. People like Kim Ng, who became the general manager of the Miami Marlins, making her the first female GM in any major American men's league. She worked her way up the ladder, facing racism and sexism. It's the surf and turf of discrimination. So now you know, there's been so many unsung Asian sports heroes in history. Don't bother thanking me. My meager teacher salary is thanks enough. And yes, this is all going to be on the final. Happy AAPI month, idiots.
Ronnie Chang, everybody. All right, when we come back, former advisor to President Trump, Kellyanne Conway, is joining me on the show, so don't go away. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. the Daily Show. My guest tonight served as Donald Trump's campaign manager in 2016 and would become one of President Trump's longest-serving aides. She's here to talk about that and her new memoir, Here's the Deal. Please welcome Kellyanne Conway. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Kellyanne Conway, welcome to The Daily Show. Thank you for having me. You know, there are a few guests I have on my show that get me more people asking the question, why? You know, that's what people, I said, I'm, uh, Kellyanne Conway is gonna be on the show, and people are like, why? Why have Kellyanne Conway on? And then, you know, some of my friends are like, oh, she's gonna lie to you, she's gonna flip things around, she's gonna spin this, she's gonna be, she's gonna, why? That's what people ask me the whole way. But you way. know why they're really asking that. Why? <laughs> because they think they know me. They think the caricature is real, and they don't want to hear from people who disagree with them. I don't think that that's completely true. I think, I think it's, it's very because true of many people, people. I think it's. I think what happens is people get frustrated, um, especially in America, because they feel like they're being toyed with. You know, and I'm not putting this all on you, by the way. I, I actually found the book interesting because there were parts of the book that I feel like illuminated stories that you you never told, or parts of being in the Trump presidency that nobody knew about, and and I guess. Maybe that, that's like the first question I had about your job and what you were doing with President Trump, and that is, when you were working in the White House and you had the position that you had, when you're working for an administration, do you feel like there are times when you have to lie to protect the president, or do you feel like you have to do that because you're furthering a greater good? No, not, none of the above. First of all, the president offered me the press secretary job within an hour or an hour and a half of being elected. Mm -hmm. 
in 2016. I said no, because he said, you'll be great at that. And I'm thinking to myself, I wrote in the book, I'd be a terrible press secretary. I'm not even sure what they do. And so I didn't want a press or comms job. I took a policy job, but I kept getting pulled out um, to speak on behalf of the White House, on behalf of the country. And I have to tell you, people will say, how can you go up against this anchor? They ask me the same question. Why would you go on this show? Why do you deal with that anchor? Right. They're not fair to you. They only prefer Democrats, et cetera. And I say, look, the anchors are never really my audience. The people are the audience. There are folks out there, the forgotten man, forgotten woman, forgotten child, who would not otherwise have access to information, news they can use, facts and figures that affect their everyday lives. Mm -hmm. But there were many times I didn't speak. There were many things I didn't address. I either felt that I was not the expert on them or I didn't have all the answers. But I would note that, you know, all the smart men around me did not go on TV, did not come and face the music, did not come and explain. Um, I was almost like their mop-up mop girl and spokesmodel sometimes. Um, that's what they wanted so that they can be behind the scenes working on important policy. And I have to tell you, even this White House, when it started, the Biden-Harris White House, they said, look at us, we have a 100% female press and comp shop. And I thought, well, of course you do, because the women don't get as many policy jobs. And that's what I wanted to do. So I worked on veterans, military, military spouses. I worked on the, the Tax Cut and Jobs Act. I worked on the opioid mm -hmm, crisis. Mm -hmm. I worked on education, healthcare reform. The list goes on and on. And you find out in these public service jobs, Trevor, that you can help make a difference in people's lives. And I think that many of the Trump-Pence accomplishments have done exactly that. We were better off economically, energy-wise. Putin was not in Ukraine. Iran no, no, was not no, no, salivating no, no. at Israel. Forgive, forgive the list goes me. Wait, wait, on forgive on. me. No, no, forgive no, me. Forgive How me. much did you pay for no, gas today? No, 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 forgive me. Forgive me. Because you're doing the thing that you're very good at right now. And that yes, is... speaking the truth. No, and that is not, not answering the question that I've asked you. Um, I did answer it. No, no, no. I said no. No, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm saying is this. is, And I, I really, I don't want to have a confrontational conversation with you because I, I, when I was reading the book, it felt like more of a conversation yes. with you as a person. So, okay, let me, let me ask it this way. So, here you have a situation where in the book, you talk about how you were oftentimes a voice of reason in the room. I, you know, I have no reason to not believe that. You talk about in the book how you said to Donald Trump, hey, you lost the election. You have lost this election. Well, what I actually said was, we were talking about the December 14th deadline. That was the date by which the electors would certify the election. Right. And they were about to certify it for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Mm -hmm. And in the six weeks prior to that, I had long left the White House, but in the six weeks prior to that, the president and his legal team were trying to find proof of theft and fraud and malfeasance and shenanigans. And I think there are many unanswered questions from 2020 we'll, we'll never know. But the main thing you said to him but was? But I said to him, you're coming up short. It looks like you're coming up short for that certification date. Other people, Trevor, then had the idea. No, no, wait, wait, don't go to other people. Wait, wait, honestly. No, no, no to go to January 6th no, no. and do a different certification. I'm not talking about January 6th, though. I'm saying, in this case, it, this is what I'm saying is interesting, is you said this in the book, right? I'm talking about a now issue. You said this in the book. Since the book came out, Donald Trump has come out on, I think it was Truth Social, and he said, no, Kellyanne Conway is lying. She never said that to me. She never told me that I lost. And if she told me that, I would have fired her on the spot. So let's say like in that instance, it's you, it's Donald Trump. So who's telling the truth? He didn't use the words liar or fire, but what he said was I wouldn't have dealt with her anymore. That's not a good criterion. I wouldn't have to dealt deal with, with her anymore. Is... But um, I told him, <laughs> I told him that he came up short and it broke my heart. I wish he were still the president because things so, were much so better. You're saying, so you're saying you did tell him. And so he's, I did when tell he's him saying he was you didn't... coming up 
short for December 14th. Right. But and I'm saying, but this is what, I, this other is what I mean. Had, well, no, this, I'm very no, no, candid no. and very honest. Yes, and by the way, I'm, this is not one of these tell all and bore most. I'm not speaking up now because I didn't speak up then. God knows I spoke up then. You, but this you is did my indeed. memoir. You There's 500 indeed. pages in there. Yes. My life story, certainly time as campaign manager, yes. making history as the first female Com completely. campaign and we're, manager. Completely. And we're going to get to that. And senior counselor to the president and what that meant. Allow me to move through it step by step. I promise you I'm going to get to those parts. What I'm asking you. So I think you've answered in this case. So you're saying that is the truth is that you told him. And you said broke Look, your Joe heart Biden's to Joe Biden's the president. I don't think everything was completely fair and transparent. No, 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 no I'm not but asking Joe you about Biden's that. The you see, president. you're doing the and Kellyanne Conway. You see, the people are right now with me. The people who said to me, she's going to do the thing to you, you're doing the thing to me right now. That Joe Biden's the president? No, I didn't ask you that question, though. Okay. The question I asked you was, who's telling the truth? That's honestly what I asked you. I didn't ask you about who's president, who's not president. I said, who's telling the truth? As in, you told one side of the story, Donald Trump told another side of the story. And what you're telling me is, you're saying his side of the story is not true. I'm telling you that I told him before the December 14th deadline right. that Which they were coming up short. With. So, so maybe, maybe this is what I'm trying to say. In this, in this book, what I found particularly interesting is you, you've given us an insight into the Trump White House and, and how it worked or how sometimes it didn't work. You know, you, you've had some of the more scathing opinions on people like Jared Kushner, for instance. You, you, don't, you don't mince your words in the book about Jared, you know, or Steve Bannon. And it, it, you know, it, it, it feels like you, you felt like at times they you know, got away with not being as good at the job as you felt they should have been. Well, I think if the president, your boss in a workplace, asks you to work together as yeah. a team, you should try to do that. And mm -hmm. this just happened to be the West Wing. So it was very important that people be collaborative and not confrontational. I felt that, not I felt, there was a lot of undercutting if not usurping of other people's duties and responsibilities. And there was a lot of gratuitously nasty stuff going on also. And it happened at the very beginning. And here's someone who, you know, along with George, my husband, made a decision to move to Washington, D.C., move our children there. He, too, took a big job in the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. We have that in common. And we're, we're doing all this, and I have people constantly knifing me, constantly throwing logs in my path. Now, I had two choices, and I think a lot of women in the workplace will relate to this, Trevor. I had two choices. I can sort of slink away or cry under the desk and hope the emotional shrapnel doesn't hit me, or I can hold my head high and forge ahead and try to be one small molecule that's working for positive change. Um, in the end, I mean, a lot of those guys got fired, slinked away in shame, That's true. didn't last That's long. True. Um, and I think in many, in many cases, my balls were bigger. And it, <laughs> in, in fact, actually, actually to that question, to that, to that point, let's talk about the guns. So this is, this is a moment. You were an advisor to the president. This is what I find interesting. One of my strangest moments, even during the show, was when Donald Trump, President Donald Trump came out and he said, there was, a, there was a mass shooting, and he said, you know what we need to do? We need to raise, raise the age limit. He said, we need to ban assault rifles. He, needs, he said, you Republicans who don't want to do it, you're scared of the NRA. He came out, he had all of these measures, which I said, even on the show, I was like, this is amazing, this is fantastic. Many were shocked. But then we've learned recently that there were, there were some of his insiders who convinced him. I think like Mick Mulvaney was one of them who said, don't do it, you're gonna lose if you don't. Trump said, I don't care, we need to do this. And he got convinced out of it. Now, I, I would love to know from your perspective, how did his team convince him out of something when, I mean, this was the man who, everyone said, don't, you can't build a wall. He said, I'm gonna go and build this wall, right. you know? You can't ban Muslims, he's like, I'm gonna Absolutely. find a way to do it. How did they convince him? What do we not know about the gun lobby and the gun world 
that they managed to push Donald Trump away from his initial position. Well, respectfully, the premise is flawed because I was in those conversations and he did talk about different measures, but they didn't come to the they didn't come to the Senate. They didn't come they didn't reach his desk. A president has to sign into law things that the United States Congress has the guts to put there and they did not. Now I I also want to say this. I was there um, for Parkland. I was there after the Parkland mm-hmm. Valentine's Day 2018. And by the way, I'm not blaming murder. Trump, by the way. I'm just asking, no, no. I'm and asking I how he got you. shifted from his position. And then I flew with him to Santa Fe, yeah. Texas, when, when there was a shooting there. Eight children were killed, eight high schoolers and two teachers there. And what I learned the entire time is that people are very quick to say it's this problem, it's that problem. It's actually a spectrum. You know, it's never one thing that Completely. causes it and it's never one thing that can solve it. Right, but then nothing gets done. So nothing has gotten done. And again, if you've got a president that's been there for 50 years, I hope he will because he Joe can Biden, say, Joe no, 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 I hope been he there can. 50 years. I know, I know but you're probably no, booing him. No, 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 I don't Donald blame Trump you. was there. No. Yeah. This is what I'm, he I'm does saying. Stink on I'm, saying I'm saying to you as an advisor, like, and I and I mean this honestly as as a. But as you're a, playing Kellyanne Conway, like you're not even a fan of the semicolon no, tonight. No, I'm no, just no. listening. What what I'm saying to you is, in the position that you are in, and the position that you may find yourself in again, because you you do have the ear of many powerful Republicans. You do have, you know, you, you're in a you're in the rare position of speaking to Donald Trump and Mike Pence right now. You're one of the few people who is the connective tissue of many parts of the Republican Party, both the old and the new. And so maybe I would even ask you then as an advisor now, what are some of the common sense ideas that you think could be passed? Because I think these are moments that shouldn't be Republican or Democrat. These are just children. Do you get what I'm saying? You just just said the most important word here. I know people talk about guns and mental health and hardening the targets. I'm thinking through the vantage the vantage point of the children. And we should just start there in all of these matters. And I learned that in listening to the Parkland families. I learned that after the Dayton shooter had his juvenile records were kept private. In other words, his privacy versus the security of other people. I learned that when we looked at Parkland and you saw the FBI had visited many times and nobody ever did anything. These um, people, these madmen, this moral depravity, these evil people, they usually broadcast their intention. They're bragging about, I want to be a school shooter. Look at me. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And so we should take that seriously. I mean, here they say, if you see something, say something. They mean a backpack in the subway. I think the people who are around these folks and are afraid of them and believe that they could do should feel free to go to the authority under cover of privacy, go to the authorities and report that. Here's what I think should happen with the children. You know, Trevor, if we just acted with the same gusto to protect our children from violence in the schools that we did to protect them from the virus, which we should have done. Um, We now have $112 billion in last year's American Rescue Plan in in post-pandemic money for um, for the schools. 92% of it, according to the Wall Street Journal last week, is unspent. Why? Well, because they already did the ventilation, they already did the stickers, we already did the masks. Now we're moving on to it's earmarked for mental health. It's earmarked for more teachers and counselors. It's earmarked for lost learning. And we should be spending that money. It's seven billion just here in New York City, the largest school district in the country. And it's not spent yet because it expires in September, 2024. They're trying to figure out how to do it. Let's take that money. It's already been passed and approved by the president. Let's take that money and shift it over to keeping our kids safe in these schools. My goodness, we so, have so we keep athletes safe, politicians safe. No, no, safe. I'm saying nothing on the no. side of guns no, themselves. No, of course not. 19 states have red flag laws. These states have taken action where Washington has not. In fact, the state of Florida, with a Republican state legislator, Republican Governor Rick Scott, um, passed red flag laws after Parkland, Florida. So it is possible, as people are saying, do something, say something. 
to do something. And I don't know what's going to happen in Congress. I'd like to feel more hopeful that people will come to their senses and think about how to keep these kids safe because it should not be an occupational hazard for any child um, to go to school and to fear for their lives, obviously, or their safety. But there are so many signs along the way, and people should feel free. Instead of judging everybody's social media posts and, and calling everybody names and uh -huh. canceling people, why don't we say, that person's slinging an AR-15 online, saying he aspires to be a school shooter. Half the class is afraid of him. Why don't we do something about that? So I think it's all that. And I, I was disappointed to hear Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut um, say last week, don't give me the bullshit about mental health. Uh, we don't have any more mental health problems in other countries. Excuse me, it is a big problem here. It may be in other countries too, but we have to look at that. We have to start investing in that. Um, so yes, I believe in the case of Buffalo, there was a red flag should have been triggered and the authorities did not do anything about it. The Buffalo shooter um, here in Uvalde, this, this um, murderer, who just recently turned 18, I believe, there were warning signs uh -huh. and people were afraid of him. And they said he would you know, torture cats and brag about, I'm going to rape you, I'm gonna be a school shooter. I think you have to take people like that seriously and not just look the other way. So there is a whole spectrum of solutions that so we should I, look so at. So if I hear what you're saying correctly in that situation, which I would agree with is what you're saying is, if you look at these red flags, if you look at these moments ahead of time, you can find reasons to restrict people from gaining access to guns because you're saying we see that this is not conducive to society okay, Not safe. everybody should have it because if you're operating a machine, no, it's just that, like having a, agree a, you know, any I didn't other, think we'd have an agreement any on Any other machine, any <laughs> other... <laughs> I didn't. This we is fantastic. We agree on many things, believe me. I listen to you. And, this is, uh... and, and look, I, this country, I write in my book at the end, the, the, um, the publisher, Simon & Schuster, the head there asked me, can you dig a little bit deeper and try to unify the country? I'm like, sure, that sounds easy. And I did try. And one thing I said I think is incredibly important for us all to realize is that, sure, we can talk about bipartisanship, we can talk about finding common ground. I always think that's valuable. But we also need to realize that not everybody in this country wants to wear the red or blue uniform 24 seven, 365. We don't want politics in every conversation, collaboration, consideration, every meal, every conversation um, at your place of worship or your place of work and the kids' playground. You have, we have much more in common in this beautiful country filled with amazing people than people realize, but these cultural cleavages are very real. And we have to, we have to confront that, we have to, I, th I think deal with that. Look, if Donald Trump wants to be president again, it's the simplest path is not to look backward. It's to run against Joe Biden. He can have a cage match rematch. And I think people will pay attention to that. That's what he wants to do. That's the, that's the smoothest, easiest path. That's the smoothest, easiest path if he really wants to do that. But, um, but we have to also respect that the growing number of people in this country, they are upset with go what's going on in Washington. They feel excluded from the process, excluded I, from the I'll, system. Can I tell you what I think happens in America that's particularly interesting is, America is one of the few countries I've lived in where politicians complain about politics being a tool that should be used to change a country when they are in the position of changing the They're country they love it. using their politics. Right. Yes. It's, yes. it's been great having you on the show. I could chat to you for hours. Thank Unfortunately, you. we have the time that we have. Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining me. Sir. Not many people would. Kellyanne's memoir, Here's the Deal, is available right now. We're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Thank you very much for being here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. 
Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. But before we go, please consider donating to Every Town for Gun Safety. There are movements of parents, students, survivors, educators, gun owners, and concerned citizens fighting to end gun violence and build safer communities. Research shows that common sense public safety policies can reduce gun violence and save lives. Every Town works with local, federal, and state governments to enact and implement those policies. So if you can, please donate at the link below. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there. And remember, you don't need to stop a bad guy with a gun if you don't let him get one in the first place. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.